Good morning. My name is James and I will be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the Copper Mountain Mining Corporation third quarter 2020 earnings conference call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. And after the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you'd like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. If you'd like to withdraw your question, press the pound key. Please note that comments made today are not of a historical factual nature, may contain forward-looking statements. This information by its nature is subject to risks and uncertainties that may cause the stated outcome to differ materially from actual outcomes. Please refer to slide two of today's presentation and Copper Mountain's third quarter 2020 management discussion and analysis for more information. I'll now turn the call over to Gil Clausen, President and CEO of Copper Mountain Mining. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us. Starting on slide three, as you can see, I have with me Don Strickland, Copper Mountain's Chief Operating Officer, and Rod Shire, our Chief Financial Officer. I'll begin by providing a brief update and summary of the quarter. Don will provide a more detailed discussion on our operation followed by Rod, who will speak to our financial results, and then we'll wrap up on our growth plans and open the call to questions. Turning to slide four, we had a, another strong quarter as a result of our fast action in implementing a revised mine plan in early March in response to falling copper prices due to the global COVID-19 pandemic. We reacted to markets quickly, developed a plan, and implemented it swiftly. Our plan was focused on lowering mining costs and shifting the focus to mine areas that carried solid margins at lower copper price without impacting the long-range plan. Our team of professionals at the mine were able to navigate through the low copper price environment and even exceeded plan expectations and we're now benefiting from the higher copper price while maintaining a low cost profile allowing us to generate strong cash flows. We're building a significant cash position to start, restart actually, the Ball Mill 3 construction, and we expect to start in earnest early next year. Most importantly, our operating team and all employees remain vigilant when it comes to health and safety. In regards to COVID-19, we've had no cases at the mine. I uh, wanna give a quick shout out to our crews, their family, and the people of Princeton and surrounding areas. Thanks. Copper Mountain had a solid production, had solid production in the quarter. Copper production has been steadily increasing quarter over quarter this year, and we expect the fourth quarter to be even stronger as we are now back into higher grade ore. But now we're mining that higher grade with a lower cost profile. Higher grades are expected to continue through 2021. Our uh, plan was to mine at a lower cost per pound and we were successful. Cash cost, AISC and all-in cost in Q2 and the third quarter were low. And we are expected to remain lower through Q4. As a result, we're decreasing our all-in cost guidance to a range of US $1.85 to $2 from US 220 to 235. We're reiterating our production guidance of 70 to 75 million pounds of copper, but expect to be at the higher end of that range 
likely the fourth quarter forecasted to be the strongest quarter of 2020. I'll now turn the call over to Don, who will go into more detail on our mine plan, operational results, and projects. Thanks, Gil. Starting on slide number six. Mine performance was in, in line with expectations during the quarter with solid execution of the mine plan, as Gil stated. Ore supply for the quarter was equally supplied from all three mining phases. In Q3, we completed mining of phase number one and have transitioned into phase number three. We were able to move significant waste rock tonnage from phase number three with a short haul backfilling phase number one. Phase number three will be the main ore supply for Q4 and throughout 2021. The mine is well established to deliver higher grade ore to the mill for this period. The changes we implemented in the mine plan early in this year in response to the COVID-19 pandemic continues to demonstrate the flexibility within the mine. Turning to slide number seven, mill continued to operate very consistently on all metrics during the quarter and performance was in line with expectations. Recovery has re returned to historical levels as we completed phase number one and transitioned to coarser mineralogy. The improvement projects we implemented last year, including the sag mill discharge screen replacement and the ball mill transformer replacements, continue to support this stable production. Also, the commissioning of the direct flotation reactors in July of this year has produced the planned step change in concentrate grade, with final concentrate grade increasing from a little over 24% to 28% copper. As part of the ball mill number three expansion project, we have completed the concrete foundation and floor of the new mill maintenance building. We will complete construction of this building before the end of this year. We're advancing detailed engineering and procurement of equipment for the expansion project to achieve a, a project schedule with commissioning starting before the end of Q3 2021. With commissioning in late Q3 of 2021, we will start increasing the mill tonnage rate to the design of 45,000 tons per day and start producing a finer grind to increase the recovery to 83 to 85% depending on ore mineralogy. As we look ahead, we expect the mill grade to continue to improve in Q4 and forward into 2021 with the higher grade ore from phase three of the mine. Turning to slide number eight, we continue to move forward as planned with amending our permits for New Ingerbell, targeting completion in late 2021. We are working closely with our consultants, the upper and lower Smokemean Indian bands, and the BC government to achieve this. It is worth noting that these permits were originally issued for Ingerbell in the early 1970s. In addition to the present reserve at New Ingerbell, we expect the deposit continues at depth and there is significant upside potential. This year, we completed a couple of deeper exploration holes focused on testing the depth extension of the ore body, and in September, we provided this information in a press release. These first two holes encountered long intersections of high-grade mineralization, which supported our expectations. These results indicate the deposit as potential to extend at least another 250 meters. Over the last few years, we have more than doubled the Copper Mountain Mine Reserve and have extended the mine life to plus 30 years. Despite the significant, this significant increase in reserve, the deposit is open in all directions and has significant growth potential. We recognize the need for exploration investment and we're planning a more extensive exploration program in 2021. 
We plan to define this initial stage of depth potential at New Ingerbell and explore mineralization extensions of the North Pit. With the present plus 30-year mine life and significant potential for reserve growth, we are studying a further mill expansion from 45 to 65,000 tons per day. We are well advanced with the study and will be publishing a technical report in Q4 of this year. We believe our focus on exploration and mill capacity has the potential to continue to add significant value to the Copper Mountain mine. Turning to slide number nine, as we discussed in the Q2 quarterly call, we are a member of the Mining Association of Canada and we are committed to fully implementing the Towards Sustainable Mining Standards, or TSM. We are making excellent pro progress in implementing the eight TSM protocols. One of those protocols is energy use and GHG management. This slide shows how we compare it to global open pit copper production and how our development plans are designed to significantly reduce our carbon intensity. Carbon intensity is measured in tons of CO2 per ton of copper equivalent produced. Available information indicates global open pit copper production averages an intensity of three, and we are presently around that average. However, when we look forward with our development plans and project plans, we have defined several steps which will significantly reduce our carbon intensity. One key focus area is working with BC Hydro to increase electrification capacity and reduce our diesel consumption, which is the main source of our emissions. We are also partnering with the BC government, BC Hydro, Komatsu, SMS, and ABB to move forward with trolley assist and demonstrate this technology in Canada and reduce our carbon intensity. Trolley assist uses electricity to replace diesel and power haul trucks. This is mainly focused on uphill hauls where diesel consumption is the highest. We are presently targeting three stages of trolley assist installations, which is part of our initial plan to get below a carbon intensity of one. We have a bold vision to get to a carbon intensity of zero by 2035, and we will continue to work with partners to find ways to achieve that vision, building on the step, six steps we have defined in this graph. We believe implementing TSM is a key component in continuing to add value to our business. I now turn the call over to Rod to go over our financial results. Thank you, Don. Starting on slide 11. As noted by Gil, the company had a very strong third quarter this year, and the financial results show it. Revenue for the third quarter of 2020 was 95 million on the sale of nearly 18 million pounds of copper, approximately 6,200 ounces of gold, and about 68,000 ounces of silver. Higher revenue in the third quarter was a result of higher copper production and metal prices, including a positive mark-to-market adjustment on concentrate sales of about $11.3 million. Cost of sales for Q3 2020 was $53 million as compared to $64 million in Q3 2019. The decrease in cost of sales is a result of the cost-saving initiatives implemented in the revised plan which utilized less mining equipment in Q3 2020 as compared to Q3 2019. This all resulted in a gross profit of $42 million for the third quarter of 2020 as compared to a gross loss of $1.4 million for the third quarter of last year. Turning to slide 11. The company recorded a net income of $33.2 million in Q3 2020, or $0.13 cents per share, as compared to a net loss of $10.6 million 
or five cents per share in Q3 2019. Net income for Q3 2020 included a non-cash unrealized foreign exchange gain of 6.9 million as compared to a non-cash unrealized foreign exchange loss of 4 million in Q3 2019. This represents a differential of approximately 10.9 million, which was primarily related to the company's US dollar denominated debt. For the third quarter of 2020, the company recorded EBITDA of 51.2 million. After backing out the unrealized foreign exchange gain and the mark-to-market adjustments for the quarter, adjusted EBITDA was 33 million. Cash flow from operations was 38.6 million for the third quarter of 2020, which allowed us to end the quarter with approximately 53.6 million in cash on hand, an increase of 25 million over the prior quarter end. I will now turn the call back to Gil. Thanks, Rod. Slide 14. As we discussed, our um, our cost guidance has been reduced to US $1.85 to $2 per pound of copper all in. We're maintaining our production guidance range of 70 to 75 million pounds of copper, but we do expect to close out the year at the high end of that guidance range as the fourth quarter should be our strongest production quarter in 2020. I think we're continuing to demonstrate why many analysts say that we have the best NAV and EBITDA leverage to copper price amongst our peers. And we also have substantial leverage to gold and silver through our byproduct production, which better positions Copper Mountain over a lot of our peers. 30% of our reserve value is in precious metals. Uh, We remain 100% unhedged on all our metals. On slide 15, we're highlighting the catalyst that we have planned for the remainder of the year and into next as we have greatly expanded our reserves over the last year and a half. Our reserve life now materially outsizes our annual plant capacity or run rate. We are evaluating a further expansion to test the economics for a 65,000 ton per day mill. We expect to announce the results of this study in a technical report within the quarter. Given timing, this study will not include an updated reserve for the drilling that's currently underway like the recent new Ingerbell drill results, uh, will provide an updated reserve and resource for the Copper Mountain Mine that includes these drill results and others in the first quarter of 2021. And by any means, we are certainly not done expanding the reserve and resource base. Immense upside remains at Copper Mountain, as Don has alluded to. Early in the year, we expect to kick off the final phase of installation of the third ball mill. Uh, We plan on commissioning during the third quarter of 2021, and you'll see the full impact of that mill on throughput and recovery in the fourth quarter next year. Earlier this year, we completed a bankable feasibility study for our EVA copper project in Australia that demonstrated improved metrics across the board. EVA is one of the only projects in the world in a tier one jurisdiction that has a long mine life, will produce over 100 million pounds of copper a year and has below median cash costs with CapEx well below 500 million. And it's the only project in all of Australia and the Americas, north and south, with these positive attributes. So low capital, low operating cost, material copper production and plenty of upside still remain 
in exploration of the known and associated deposits at EVA. There's a lot of value and plenty of options for EVA, and we're doing an assessment for our board on the best development strategy for Copper Mountain shareholders. On that note, we're pleased to announce the addition of Mr. Peter Sullivan to our board. His considerable experience in corporate strategy and mining in Australia will be extremely valuable to the company as we move through our strategic plans and options. In our view, EVA's low-risk mine development, especially as copper price strengthens. We believe on its own, it merits development and should be built. We expect to provide clarity on our company's plans for EVA in the first half of 2021. Concluding on slide 16, our uh, internal growth profile is quite impressive. The 45,000 ton per day mill expansion, New Ingerbell, and the potential for a 65,000 ton per day expansion, all of which are low risk, low capital projects that the company expects can be funded entirely with internal mine cash flow. EVA Copper, as we discussed, is also a solid low-risk project, but what is also really exciting is the highly prospective land package that we have in the Mount Isa region. Many high-potential targets that we plan to start exploring in earnest. And with that, I'd like to uh, open up the call for questions. At this time, I'd like to remind everyone in order to ask a question, please press star, followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. And we'll pause for a moment while we compile the Q&A roster. And our first question comes from the line of George Topping with Industrial Alliance. Go ahead, please. Your line is open. Great. Thanks. Hello, everyone. Hey, Gil um, and Don. And um, just the, uh, the carbon intensity slide. Have you got any preliminary ideas of CapEx and cost-benefit that you might get from that and what type of payback it might have? Um, I'll, I'll take that and I think Don can follow up with, uh, with it. Uh, you were actually very excited about this, George. As you know, we have extremely low um, energy costs in British Columbia. We're all hydropower and our, our cost per kilowatt hour is amongst the lowest in the world. And um, so we see a tremendous economic benefit in terms of uh, utilizing some of that low-cost energy to, um, you know, power the the uh, motive effort of the of the of the mobile equipment vehicle. We've we've got um, we've got a, a relatively low-cost plan here, and it has a high return. Uh, I think as we get into these plans a little bit more, you'll see. And we're also getting tremendous support, as Don alluded to, from. Um, our BC government in terms of credits and also uh, with respect to BC Hydro in terms of their support directly on uh, through their power power smart initiative. So it 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 it'll have uh, I think very solid positive um, financial impact to the mine. It's just it's just a good business practice, not just on not just from um, you know from a societal perspective in terms of of us producing metals that are focused on and it's our growth in metals is, is focused on a green economy, but also demonstrating that as a producer of these metals that are critical to a green economy, we can, we can get our carbon footprint uh, way, way down. And, and we hope to eliminate it by 2035 and do it very economically. So uh, I see positive economics, George. Anything you want to add, Don? No, I, I, I think that uh, well covers it, Gil. I, I, uh, I, I guess it, that's uh, part of the reason we, 
we've done it in three stages is uh, uh, this first stage you know we'll learn a lot from and then we can really uh, incorporate it into our, our site economics uh, with with greater, greater clarity so uh, yeah as Gil said I think it's going to add a lot of value uh, for the technical report on the 65,000 ton a day plan, should we look for all of these uh, initiatives to be included in the technical report, or is it something that's going to come through optimization? No, those will all be looked at separately. I think in this technical report, you can expect an analysis of the existing reserve. So you can compare it to our last technical report, and um, and you'll see the the impact of of uh, of moving some of those cash flows forwards on this plan and re and the cost reduction effort that can be had or you know an outcome that can be had uh with with respect to uh you know the the economies of scale so to speak so so th there should be a direct comparison we, we we won't be including um you know a lot of of these types of project benefits that aren't proven it is a technical report that has to stand up to uh to that proven scrutiny Got it. And just f finally, before I hand it over, one for for Rod is the uh, the the BC Power Deferment Plan. I think that ended in August for heavy industry industry. Um, have you paid 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 that back yet, or is it uh, still to come in Q4? No, we've uh, we actually paid that back ahead of schedule. Uh, just uh, as you probably know, as a result of the strong copper prices we've seen uh, in the second half of the year here. Got it. Good. Thanks. Thanks, George. Our next question comes from the line of Oris Wakoda from Scotiabank. Go ahead, please. Your line is open. Hi. Good morning, everybody. Um, I was curious on what the outlook might look like for 2001 in terms of the mine plan. And obviously, 2020 uh, got changed a fair amount given uh, the, the pandemic. And I'm just curious whether we should anticipate a, still a fairly large ramp up in copper grade in 2021, uh, somewhere, you know, perhaps in the mid around 0.35 or so, uh, or is that, or should we anticipate that getting more smoothed out uh, in, in later years? Hi, Orst. Um, I don't want to steal the thunder. The technical report that's coming out here or our guidance in January, but we did allude to the fact that we expect as we're, you know, quite uh, as phase three of the main pit uh, contributes a significant portion of our production in 2020. You can expect, you know, better grades to uh, continue to improve. Uh, I think you'll see 2021 being, a, you know, a stronger uh, grade year certainly than than 2020 was, and uh, that our our production rate should should uh, should reflect that. Um, and then, of course, we also have the higher throughput rate of 45,000 tons per day in the fourth quarter of the year. So, so I think, you know, as with this year, you know, you'll see, you know, a continued trend of, of great improvement through, through 2021. Um, and I think, uh, you know, you'll, we'll, we'll be, uh, we'll be clearly talking about that uh, as we get through, um, you know, the feasibility study out. You know, okay, so the, the, the new and guidance. So, will the new mine plan, I guess, that comes out by the end of the year, will that include like a year-by-year -year updated kind of grade and tonnage profile? Yeah, no, absolutely. No, you'll see okay. you'll see a full a full basically model outcome in that report. Yeah, Great. life of mine plan, life of mine plan, Orst. Yeah. 
Okay, perfect. And then just separately, um, I'm just curious, given how elevated precious metal pricing is, um, it is are you at all considering perhaps adding a, a stream to the Copper Mountain mine to, to raise capital maybe to fund uh, EVA? Or I'm just wondering if that's even in the sphere of possibility. No, it's not our intent at all. We we uh, we at the Copper Mountain Mine we want to cont- continue to maintain to be completely unhedged and and we're going to fund we're going to fund all our development within Copper Mountain from from cash flow and existing cash flow. So we don't um, you know, and there's a lot of growth and it's probably the the most um, high, the highest return on invested capital growth that we have in the company. These um, these expansions at Copper Mountain. So we want to use the cash within the business, and so do our partners, to be able to grow, to grow the business. And our partners are certainly interested in, in maintaining or you know certainly enhancing the production output of the mine because this is probably, uh, in their view, some of their best concentrate, if not their best concentrate that they they put through their, their smelters, and and it's extremely high quality and it's good high grade. So. Uh, the more, the merrier, as far as they're concerned, and and uh, I think that's the same way when we look at our our um, our uh, operations on a on a go forward basis. We're really we're really sort of very comfortable with with the plan and how it's shaking out, and and understanding that the Copper Mountain can support its own growth and uh, has plenty of upside, and that's that makes it kind of a a unique asset in our view. Perfect. Thanks, Gil. Our next question comes from the line of Rafael de Souza with CIBC. Go ahead, please. Your line is open. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for for taking my questions. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned that you you expect improved recoveries in the fourth quarter in in 2021 uh, due to the type of ore from Pit Three. Uh, what sort of recovery should we expect? Yeah, I, when we uh, when we look at uh, uh, Q4 and 2021, we expect recoveries to uh, be in that low 80 range uh, in pit three until we complete the mill expansion, as we talked about uh, in Q4 of next year, when we see a you know a step change in in our recovery uh, with the finer grind. Okay, and and during this period, majority of the ore is going to come from pit three, correct? majority of the ore will be uh, PIP3 over the next uh, 15 months. 15 months, okay. Uh, second, uh, another question somewhat on that front as well. So I noticed that, I noticed that the strip ratio was quite high this quarter. How, what should we expect uh, going forward, especially for the fourth quarter? I think uh, you're probably looking at you know similar results as we had in the third quarter. And as we look into to next year, as we're looking at it, at uh, you know, increasing our our overall production, we're we're looking at a cost structure that's not going to be significantly changed from from where we are right now. And there's going to be some give and take on stripping from quarter to quarter. But generally speaking, I think we're we're uh, we're in a little bit of a steady state here. We've done the work on on uh, on stripping in pit three. We're back into pit three again. We've uh, the stripping that we did last year and some of the high costs that were associated with that year set us up for this year and into the future. 
And uh, so a lot of that investment has been made, certainly on this phase of the, de of the development of, of pit three. We mined out pit one, it allowed us to get the short haul and put the material back into that pit from pit three, which reduced our cost significantly for moving waste material in pit three. And, uh, you know, uh, as we move through the next uh, phases, you're gonna see, you know, pit three probably a little being the biggest contributor over the next three to four years at, at Copper Mountain as we move through subsequent uh, development cycles of pit three and Ingerbill, of course, as Ingerbill comes into the plan. So it's gonna be, I think, an interesting uh, technical report that, that you'll see. And I think that'll probably answer a lot of the questions that you may have about what might be, what might be coming in terms of uh, Copper Mountain's production and recovery and grade and things like that year by year. Now, you know, with a caveat that we continue to find more, I mean, that Ingerbill exploration is very exciting and, and so is the exploration potential at Copper Mountain. So. Um, our philosophy here is to is to uh, continue to to refine and update our our models as we go forward, but and and provide uh, info to the market in published technical reports so that it's you know so that there's transparency in what we're doing. So we're we're very we're very sort of pleased in the in the uh, direction of the uh, of the development of this of this mine, and and uh, I, I think that. Uh, um, it's one of those uh, situations here where we've got um, we've got uh, so much exploration upside at Copper Mountain, and you know equally in our assets in Australia. Okay, thank you. And just a, a quick last last question. So uh, I believe you mentioned in the MDNA that you have you still haven't restarted uh, exploration at uh, Eva. Do you have any timelines for that, or is it like 100% COVID dependent uh, in the country? Well, it's it's actually more um, weather dependent than anything else. I mean, uh, Australia is you know you're in the desert and you're in northern Queensland and it's too hot. It's too hot and rainy uh, this time of year. It get temperatures like you know 40 Celsius, uh, and it's it's and the rainy season is is during our winter, our winter months, their summer months. So, you know, generally speaking, expiration happens um, in earnest um, in March of every year and kind of wraps up this time of year um, and are up to around uh, Christmas when the rainy season gets hitting in earnest. So, so you, you would expect that if we're going to do any expiration in Australia, that that would be the typical season. And uh, also, um, you know, we're, we're really starting to look and we want to focus on on some of these great prospects that we have outside of our project area. Uh, the, the, the EVA project itself is gonna be self-sustaining from an exploration perspective. And I mentioned earlier that there's lots of uh, targets within the, the EVA uh, mining licenses that we have there right now. But you know the exploration of some of this other land package in Mount Isa, there's so many high quality targets, gold targets, copper targets, you know, copper only targets, copper gold targets, and that we already have drill holes in. Most of them are very shallow and we need to do uh, some more work. Uh, I think principally with some diamond drilling in some of these areas. And we hope to find the next mine um, in our land package. So there's so much organic potential here on that land package and, and we, we, can't, we can't just sit at, we have to look at, at, uh, at getting after some of this stuff so that it creates uh, good value for our shareholders. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks, Raphael. 
And again, as a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. Our next question comes from the line of Stefan Ioannou from Cormark Securities. Go ahead, please. Your line is open. Great. Thanks, guys, for taking my question. Um, just, just wondering, on the exploration front, obviously some, some nice results there deep at New Ingerbell. Can you maybe give us a little bit more color on sort of what the plan is going into next year for, from an exploration point of view? Do you have a, a budget set in terms of meters or dollars to spend and, and sort of maybe what the targets might be? We're going through our um, budgeting phase um, right now, so we're going to be wrapping that up. Um, we've, we've, um, we've been doing a little bit um, more work this late, Late this fall, some of it's associated with the technical report and and uh, and some geotechnical uh, holes that that we had put in, but also um, our full exploration program will probably take take place next year. Um, can't give you too much color on on that, but I can tell you where where we are going to be focused. If you look at that section that Don that Don put up, we're going to yeah. be looking at doing. Um, uh, you know, more drilling to define those that large gap that's in between uh, those those you know those great holes that we have on that section because that's easily mineable material. And if you look at the topology or topology topography of that area, um, you can quickly see that you can expand Ingerbell without materially changing strip ratio and get at much deeper material, especially as the deposit moves towards the south, which is towards the viewer when you look at that cross section. And um, and we're and we're in a valley, so you know it's it has some uh, great uh, geometrical um, you know uh, strengths, uh, so to speak, uh, with respect to looking at some of that deepening ore, and we'll focus on that. Okay, and I mean not, not to put the cart ahead of the horse or anything, but obviously you, you know you've got a lot of resources and reserves already sort of you know in the bank, um, you know, but obviously with this potential now at depth and, and elsewhere. I mean, do you, looking ahead, is is you know, do you think there's a potential here that the 65,000 ton a day study actually may be short-lived, and there's something that's even bigger that's warranted, or is there a threshold <laughs> in your in your back pocket that might you know justify something even bigger in terms of mine life? I like or, your, you know, I like your thinking, Stefan. I think <laughs> most importantly, we got to do we got to do the drilling, and we've got to do fair the enough. analysis, and and yeah. uh, but but you know you know to be fair, um, um, you know. The, we haven't. I guess we haven't had as an intense focus um, on on um, on exploration and looking at the the realization of of the potential of Copper Mountain. And we've certainly been doing that over the last couple of years, and we continue to to uh, to do that in the future. We don't know. I don't think we ultimately know what what's the right size here. Right now, we have 50 years of resource um, yeah, on the yeah. books, and we have uh, 30 years of proven reserves, and and we haven't we haven't closed off anything yet at Copper Mountain nor at, at Ingerbell. And, uh, but it, so it, it, you know, it behooves us to, to really, you know, do some investment. This is all, you know, um, self-sustaining investment. When we give our, our forecasts and, and, and guidance that, you know, that's going to include the, you know, a solid, solid exploration um, plan. We, we've invested also separate from exploration. We've, we've invested in, a lot of um, drilling in pit for definition drilling. So we've we've been utilizing RC drilling in our pit to to continue to to um, uh, continue to define the existing reserves to a high degree of confidence, so that we can get out to you know a year to eighteen months of completely drilled off um, you know two um, P solidly uh, proven mm -hmm. reserves over our budget cycle and beyond. 
and we intend to carry that out in, like we did last year. That's why we, our results, I think you'll see, are going to be more predictable as we, we closed out any any sort of gap. And we've we've been in the 18-month plan, and it's up to two years, we were eliminating a lot of the uh, the uh, the sort of um, indicated or 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 uh, you know probable type uh, reserves in our plan, and, and really filled filled it in well. So I'm I'm very very pleased with uh, with the process that we're going through. Uh, not not just in terms of the definition drill that I just talked about, and, and getting confidence, complete confidence in the plan. It's also that the the potential for exploration as we do deeper diamond drilling and, and not even deeper in some cases that's adjacent uh, to the existing mm-hmm. pits. You know, that, that is, is really, uh, it's, I think it's the gift that keeps on giving here at Copper Mountain. It's a great deposit. Great. Great. Well, thanks very much, guys. Our next question comes from the line of Craig Hutchison with TD Securities. Go ahead, please. Your line is open. Hi, good morning, guys. Um, Hi, Craig. With respect to uh, with respect to the restart of the, of the third ball mill here, um, can you remind us how much capital is, is still to be spent on that and where we should be kind of waiting the spending in terms of the next two or three quarters? Well, yeah, we've got no change in our capital estimates. So it's what we defined. The total uh, project cost, um, you know, was about $22 million U.S. roughly, and that's so about, what, you know, I guess it's, uh, you know, High, higher 20s Canadian uh, in that range. So it's not like it's um, any change at all from the, exi- the existing, uh, uh, what we previously announced, I, I should say. The balance of what's remaining to be done, uh, as the, as you know, the DFRs are done, and, and Don alluded to the shop basically being completed, which we have the shop in the ball mill bay where where ball mill, uh, the ball mill is going to be installed. And, and so we had to move that that maintenance shop basically out of there uh, we'll start you know busting out the concrete and pour and excavating and pouring the foundations and and then uh, we'll be ready to 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 set the mill we've been working on tie-ins we've been looking at removing um, some other miscellaneous material in that area so we're we're getting ready to actually uh, break some ground okay in, in terms of spending should we just assume it's sort of spent evenly over the next Three quarters or so, or would it be more heavily weighted I, to the start of next I year? I would say, I would say it's more heavily weighted to the start of next year, but it's evenly spread out. And as you know, um, you know, from a cash perspective, uh, you know, payables tend to lag construction, and and so you know, I would I would say you know you probably if you evenly spread this stuff out over the year, it's it's a fine it's a fine way to estimate. Okay. And then I understand you guys are exploring strategic partners for EVA. Just curious, you know, if you were to get somebody who was willing to offer you, you know, fairly strong economics, you know, would you consider a, meet a minority interest holder in EVA, or is your intent to to be a you know, majority owner and operator? Well, I, I tell you what, I think uh, um, we'll um, we're working hard on on several options here right now. I, I think that. Um, uh, you know, our intent is is if we if we're in a partner uh, partnership position, we're going to uh, going to be op- the operator of this mine, and uh, so we don't we don't um, we have no intent to go down to a minority position on this. Uh, we would I think in that situation we'd probably better we'd be better off to put it into somebody else's hands entirely, and and uh, 
But, um, yeah, no, our intent would be under, under any partnership or self-development thing to be obviously the operator. And uh, we have a huge amount of uh, expertise, and uh, it's a solid plan that's been put together by that technical team, and we have uh, the construction guys to be able to do it, which we've demonstrated. We, we can do these projects and do them very well. All right, perfect. Thank you for taking my call uh, questions, and uh, good luck. Hey, thanks, Greg. All right. And there are no further questions in queue at this time. I'd like to turn the call back over to Gil Claussen for some closing remarks. Well, listen, thanks everybody for uh, joining the call today. And I just want to say uh, to everyone on the call, please uh, stay healthy and stay safe and have a, have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, this does conclude today's conference call. We thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.